Hi there, everybody. It's uh, Ryan from the future while I'm busy editing this episode. Just wanted to make a quick note here. When the audio kicks in, for about five minutes, you're going to hear this weird little hum in the background. Uh, you probably won't pick it up if you're listening to it on, you know, something other than headphones. But uh, if you do hear it, that is from my external hard drive that was on the table at the time of recording. And it's going... Um, a little bit crazy and vibrating the table, which affects the mic. So that is that weird kind of hum that you hear in the background, but it goes away at the five minute mark. And then we uh, back to all the normal kind of stuff. So yeah, please enjoy. Here comes the episode. And welcome to Ramcast, a Star Wars episode. I am your host, Ryan Mathers. Before we get going with the episode, I just wanted to (laughs) make a quick little uh, note, if you will, that uh, what I apparently said at the top of the episode there is uh, Achuta Patisa, which, according to Wikipedia, is Hatties for Hello Friend. And while I definitely know that Patisa means friend, because I say it to my dogs all the time, um, I used to go, Patisa, which became Ochisa, which became Ochi, and been saying it to them for years. And uh, actually, funny enough, side note, um, in uh, Jedi Survivor, there's a wonderful little bit right at the beginning of the game where these two twins that work for Kyle Kestis look at him and go, Patisa! And I was like, yes! Anyway, I digress. Um, And that is, while Patisa means friend, I'm pretty sure Achuta does not mean hello. In fact, I actually am pretty sure that it is a rude word, (laughs) which I won't say now. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a hello, because I remember C-3PO sees another droid, and he's like, hello there, and... The droid's like, Achuta! And he's like, oh, goodness gracious me, how rude. And um, so, yeah, I don't... I don't th- So, I might have said something uh, very, very naughty in Hatties. Uh, <laughs> now, so, my apologies. But uh, anyway, let's get on with the episode. This is the first Star Wars episode for 2024 on the Ramcast channel. I'm glad that you're all here. We've got an exciting year of Star Wars ahead of us. Unfortunately, with today's episode, I have to talk about some things that have been bothering me when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes particularly to the fandom, with the way people are interacting with Star Wars now these days. So we're going to start off the year with the first episode of the Star Wars uh, section of the podcast. Have to get our hands a bit dirty and, you know, go for a bit of a fight. But let's start off things on a positive note with the the light side of the force section. And this is a a section of the podcast where I look at something in Star Wars that uh, brings me to the light side, gives me hope, makes me feel joy. And like I said, this is being recorded in January 2024. So we've just come out of the holiday season of 2023. And... 
this December I did something that I haven't well I've never done but I always wanted to and that was to buy a Lego Star Wars Advent calendar now if you don't know what that is it's a, a calendar that you that you get at the Lego stores and then each day from December 1st to December 24th you get a little toy or a little figurine or a little something a present if you will that you open each day of December and I tell you it's amazing I'm gonna do it every every year now and uh, I highly recommend it like go grab yourself an advent calendar it doesn't have to be Star Wars well the Star Wars one was great but I mean they've got Harry Potter ones they've got Marvel ones they've got whatever fandom you're into there's an advent calendar for it and just to have that little present every single day makes quite a difference to your psyche I won't I won't lie um so yeah I mean I would do it every month if I could but uh definitely for December for holiday seasons I'm going to be hitting that uh, Lego Star Wars advent calendar every year but right now on to today's show so we're going to split this into two parts and the first part I'm going to be dealing with the Star Wars news that has just come out recently the Star Wars movie news and I have to start there because the rest of the discussion I'm going to have the second part very much pertains to that first part about the reaction to the news and what has been said online and what have you so let's first get into Star Wars movie news at this time it was just announced that the next star wars film will be the mandalorian and grogu directed by john favreau and uh, produced by john favreau kathleen kennedy and dave filoni now there's been a, a bit of a kerfuffle if you will because people are trying to work out you know is this mandalorian season four because if you haven't seen Mandalorian Season 3, unfortunately I'm going to drop some spoilers. You know, Mando officially takes on, you know, Grogu as his ward. They, you know, this uh, lone wolf and cub type thing. You know, a tribe of two. Or a clan of two, I should say. And uh, they go and uh, they're now father and son. And Mando's offering his services to the New Republic as a kind of a warrior for hire, if you will. So that's kind of where it's starting off. But now people are wondering, is this taking the place of season four? Why, you know, because at Star Wars Celebration, they announced there was going to be the three films. You know, there was the New Jedi Order film, which we will get to in a second. Um, there was Dave Filoni's Mandoverse film, which was going to end the Mandoverse, you know, bring all the aspects of, you know, Ahsoka, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, all to a head. And then there was going to be the James Mangold um, Jedi origin story film. And now this new one has come out and it's going to be the first one out the gate. And when you look at it from a purely financial business sense point of view, it is an incredibly clever move from Lucasfilm and Disney because Mandalorian essentially 
brought Disney Plus into the light. You know, it was their opening show. It, you know, got them subscribers. It launched Star Wars on TV or on streaming, if you will. And, you know, Grogu or Baby Yoda, as he was called back then, became this overnight sensation. So, you know, at the time of recording in 2024, it's been, well, in December, it will be five years since Star Wars has been at the cinema. So 2019 was obviously, you know, the rise of Skywalker. And then 2020, the whole world went to hell. So it's been five years and there's been a desperation to get Star Wars back into the cinema. But it's also the question of what will bring audiences back in? Because the Skywalker saga has, for you know, all intents and purposes, um, been concluded. Or has it? We don't know. And I think this is the best decision they could have made. Originally, I was thinking that they would follow with the New Jedi Order Ray film, which is taking place, you know, 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. Regardless of what the internet says, I still feel that film, it was the one I was most excited about. Um, I know there's things that you can find online about how, you know, the audience reaction was terrible at Star Wars Celebration to it, and people didn't scream or cry out, and they booed Kathleen Kennedy, and, you know, whatever the hell they're saying on those channels. I can tell you as a person who was there in London, I was there at the main stage, that that place went crazy when that film was announced. And it went even more crazy when Daisy Ridley walked out on stage. Everybody was cheering. It was amazing. So I was really looking forward to that one being the first one out at the gate. But I don't think the... the I think the script and the whole production was very, very much affected by the um, SAG-AFTRA and um, WGA strikes that just happened in Hollywood last year. And I don't, I think they were intending for that to be the, the first one out. Unfortunately, it's been, you know, knocked back. It'll probably be the second one. So they needed to find something that was instantly recognizable, that audiences would fill a cinema again for. And Grogu's your guy, man. Baby Yoda, you put him on all those marquees, you put him on all those banners, and kids are going to come back to the cinema. They're going to ask their parents to take them to see Star Wars. I'm not sure when that film is going to be released at this time of recording, if it's going to be a 2025 release, if it's going to be May 2025 or December 2025. I personally would like Star Wars to go back to... Well, not to go back to, that's the wrong word, but to stick with the... December 2025 or the December release date if you will because there's something very festive and very um magical about watching Star Wars over Christmas time um and going to go see a movie on your holidays and it's yeah I it, I really really enjoyed it with the sequel trilogy going to go see those films during my holidays during Christmas and yeah, so I hope they keep that release date. But now, unfortunately, we have to talk about something that I've been wanting to chat about for a while. Um, I didn't quite know how to approach it. I don't know if I've still got the correct way to approach it here, but it has to do with Star Wars fandom and 
in particular the weaponization of fandom and how it's kind of used against us now in a way um and this all pertains to the new jedi order film the ray movie if you will that obviously was starring daisy ridley and was being directed by well is being directed by Charmin obeyed shanoi now this caused well did it cause that much of a firestorm in certain circles maybe because they blew it up so much um, I even had a friend ask me about this at his birthday, and what I told him is, no, it's not that big of a deal, but I will discuss it here. And um, basically, old interviews of uh, Shamin Abed Shinoy uh, were brought to light, where she's talking about making men feel uncomfortable, uh, and uh, taking joy in that, and and how it was time that Star Wars, uh, a Star Wars film was female-led. And obviously there's a very particular part of the internet, which I will speak about after this, that took this and ran with it. Because, my word, if they can get hold of, and they will, they will find anything, um, you know, from... A person who's not straight or white or male that's involved in any sort of fandom and they will run with it because unfortunately they make money from that and it was old interview clips that were taken completely out of context because Obeid Shinoi she is a um, a Pakistani activist and she was talking about you know acid attacks on Pakistani woman and this was from about like eight years ago and stuff like that so and it's an incredibly serious subject and it's so horrible for it to be taken out of context like this for you know a space movie <laughs> like it's it's almost disgusting in a way and also, you know, they were jumping on board and saying like, oh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy has been in charge of Star Wars since, you know, it was bought by Disney and what have you. So females always been in charge and, and we've had other directors like Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, working on The Mandalorian and um, Deborah Chow working on uh, also The Mandalorian and um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. But yet again, the nuance with these guys and they are all guys, is no woman has ever directed a feature-length Star Wars movie in cinemas. Like, it's that simple. And that is what Charmaine was talking about. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a female-led film in terms of Daisy Ridley. I have no idea what the plot is at the time of this recording. But I think that's maybe what's needed. Something different. A woman's touch for a Star Wars feature-length film. I will be there. I will be there. So now that we've, you know, chatted about what actually happened with that very, very silly situation with the new Jedi Order film, yet again, these guys jump on board and, you know, they're now saying that 
something had to be done and because of the the stink from the community that was brought up that they had to replace this with the Mandalorian and Grogu movie and you can look online and you can get knocked dead with this stuff but now let's get to the people that are actually causing all of this stuff online there are many channels that I could name and shame um maybe some that you guys are even subscribed to now because 90% of the time it's on YouTube. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give them a platform or a... Uh, yeah, I don't want to drive traffic towards them. But unfortunately, they have the greatest numbers when it comes to listenership, when it comes to subscribers, when it comes to reach. And... There's many, many reasons for that, because they're jumping on top of culture war stuff and trying to connect everything and scratching on people's fears and anxieties in times of change and what have you. But 99%, well, all of the time, the reason that they do this and the reason they keep knocking on all this stuff is because it makes money. It's a grift. Every time you watch one of those videos, and you know what they are. You know what they are. You know, good old Kathleen Kennedy on the front. There's, you know, red lasers coming out of her eyes with big bold text saying, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, woke agenda or something of that nature. Every time you watch that, you're giving them money. I've even gone down this rabbit hole and I've seen some of their stuff and what have you and they freely admit it inside there they like they make money from this and they are buying houses and you know cars and making entire careers out of ripping apart and destroying fandoms it's soul destroying for somebody like me because you know i'm the the, the demographic that they're going after you know i'm their bread and butter you know, straight white male, that's, that's who they hook in, hook, line and sinker. I'll have discussions with people I know. And I can see when that hook is in and, you know, there's nothing you can do. That's just, you can try to defend your fandom, you can try, you know, do whatever. But unfortunately, when you clock into that cycle, it's it's difficult to get out. The thing that I find always helps is when I go to a convention. That's when you know that the internet doesn't really matter. So, you know, if you're one of those people that's all uppity about, you know, the work agenda and this and Disney and you've got to have blue hair and a septum through your nose and whatever and all you're seeing is female and all you're seeing is gay or queer or non-binary or whatever the, the other is that is created now, the other that you need to fear, because that's exactly what it is. It's creating an other, you know. Do me a favor and go to a convention. Go to a, that's why I keep plugging, you know, Comic-Con on the Ramcast channel. Uh, it's why Star Wars Celebration 2023 in London was such an eye-opening experience for me. Because when you go there and you see the different multi you know facets different people of life you know and they're all dressing as their favorite characters 
you know, from original trilogy, I'm just talking now in Star Wars, from like orig original trilogy, prequel trilogy, all the way to the sequel trilogy. I mean, there is nothing more beautiful than walking around and seeing, you know, like a little five, six-year-old girl dressed as Rey, or a little five, six-year-old kid dressed as Finn, because then it blows all the conversation out of the water, you know, of where oh, the sequel trilogy is not canon and this isn't correct and it's not my Star Wars and fine, it's not your Star Wars. No problem. Heard that many, many, many times over the years. You know whose Star Wars it is? It's that five and six-year-old kid. It's for them. And they will grow older and they will appreciate it. And then all of this hate and this nonsense will fade away. Yeah, so I didn't mean for this to become... A bit of a rant when it comes to the state of the fandom at the moment but I just keep hearing a lot of Star Wars is dead Star Wars is never coming back it's this it's that it's been destroyed by Disney it hasn't you know I know it hasn't because it keeps getting spoken about because it keeps making these people money so it still has power you know, if you've lost your, what's the word, your love for this fandom and if it's not for you anymore and you don't feel that you can fit in, Star Wars is a buffet. If the original trilogy was your thing, you can live in that world. I was a prequel trilogy kid, man. I worshipped Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. I wasn't that big into, you know, Luke and that type of thing. That was more, that's before me. My Star Wars was the prequels. I was heavily invested in that. And so that's where I lie. But then there's things in the sequel trilogy that really, really, really connect with me and really touch me. And I will always be thankful for, uh, to them for that. And also, the sequel trilogy, and I'm going to end off on this note, taught us how we're going to get out of this situation in all fandoms be it DC, be it Star Wars, be it Marvel, be it Star Trek, be it whatever. Remember what Rose Tico says in The Last Jedi. And I've got a big smile on my face saying Rose Tico because I know a lot of people have a problem with her. But I dig her, man. I dig her. She's the... If you watch interviews with Ryan Johnson, he describes her as the everyday nerd that is in a Star Wars film, you know, she's the engineer that works behind pipes, she would be like his friend in real life, and she drops one of the greatest pieces of knowledge in all of Star Wars, and it describes the kind of message behind Star Wars, how you should really actually approach life going forward, and Rose Tico says at the end of The Last Jedi, that's how we're going to win, not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love. I wish you a fantastic 2024 ahead, and may the Force be with you.